0: So when you want to talk about a particular topic, just bring it in.
1: All right. You got it. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cosplay Bites, the show all about cosplays, conventions, and all the nerdy bits and bytes. Um, I don't know how this is going to go as far as afterwards, so this may be the last episode of 2019 but as always i'm joined with my wonderful friend mink the satyr hello hello how are you
0: uh i'm doing actually pretty well i have a semi-awake hedgehog in my lap hello little one uh so things could not be better
1: yeah is it the newest edition
0: no this is this is my oldest hog uh so so I've I, I have three hedgehogs now. One of them is super old and rickety. That's the one who's in my lap right now. Her name is Rosalina. And I have um my my next baby is Tybalt, but he is unfortunately super, super cancer ridden. And we're we're in his twilight of his life right now. So we're we're counting down, uh, but also, you know, keeping in mind how much we love him. Uh, right. right. He, he's not long for this world. And then I did just get a new hedgehog literally this week. She's a year old. And her name is Willa.
1: Yeah, that's who I thought it was. Hello, Willa.
0: Oh, Willa, Willa's in the other room. I've got Rosalina here. Okay. <laughs>
1: she, can't, she can't hear you. Hello, Rosalina.
0: <laughs> Rosalina, in fact, can hear you. She's just choosing not to react because she's half asleep.
1: All right. Well, there you have it. I'm talking to pets that can't hear me. Um, all she right.
0: now, <laughs> for what it's worth. <laughs>
1: um so as i had mentioned in the last episode when we talked about convention controversies and blizzcon i wanted to basically take like i took november off to just reassess the show where i want the stance to have and tackle more um more community related topics that need to be addressed but uh before get to that uh just usual administration housekeeping stuff um cosplay bites is a podcast it's on all your favorite podcasting platforms um so if you'd like to rate and review the show that would help out a lot um december's here my hiatus is over so i've got posts planned out and scheduled up um you can read posts on a game review i did on astral chain um princess natalie's thor who I met at New York Comic-Con. She was a delight. Uh, Jessica Negri, uh, looted surfetched. so of course I had to talk about it. Um, and then upcoming for this week, I have uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield game review, uh, Sin Daris's, uh Yzira, and a post on Daniel uh, uh Dragon's Stalker Orc from BlizzCon. And let me double check over here. Oh, um, shout out to my current um, patron supporters um, over on Patreon. I have um, my friend uh, Shaylin Noah, uh, Kendall, and then there were also uh, Nicole Marie Jean, Coralia Jade, Kat Yuska Moonfox, and Mink the Seder. Oh, and oh, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I know that girl, too. She's right here. <laughs> so with that being said, um, you know, talking about more cosplay related community topics. Um, In addition to, we're going to briefly talk about Rhode Island Comic Con because I was there for one day. Uh, Mink, you were there for. Two days. Three, you had to think about it. <laughs> two, two days. I was going to say all three days, but two days. And then. We also want to talk about um, just being safe while you're in cosplay at conventions. Um, It may be specifically tailored to females because I know females can get a lot of uh, creeps, like either stalking them or just being outright rude. Um, So all that good stuff. Uh, just to try to help prepare newcomers as well as veterans if they if we mention like any new method uh, for the new year because uh, 2020 is a month away, and then before you know it, boom, MagFest and Catacon right around the corner.
0: Oh my god, don't don't even get my <laughs> get <Patrick> going. <laughs> no, but I like that 2020 is gonna be our year of safety and support,
1: yeah, yeah. So, um why don't we do Rhode Island Comic Con first? Because I feel like the safety thing is going to be a little bit more in depth. So, um,
0: it'll bring room down a little bit. So we can we can start on a high note.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, Rhode Island Comic Con, my home state, good old Ocean to Date, uh, held at the Dunkin' Donuts Center slash. Uh, Rhode Island Convention Center. They're both connected, and they
0: um, are. I was always confused about that because the Dunkin' Donuts Center does have things going on in it. They have vendors in like that ring, yeah, around it. It would do like a whatever sport the Dunkin' Donuts Convention Center is no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I feel like it. I didn't spend any time there, and I do feel. Bad because i know there are a lot of very um amazing vendors who kind of lose out by being there
1: right no yeah because around the ring i just i just remember because i would you to go there for the Providence bruins hockey games like they would be in the arena but i remember one year where some of the cosplayers like they were stationed in the convention center but then the next day they got moved to like the Dunkin' donut center's like arena like they were would- yeah in the arena like it was all opened up like this year was completely shut off which i found to be very weird because it was like yeah you're just going in a giant circle passing vendors um
0: it's like a vendor hall that isn't the official expo hall it's hmm. it's an an unique and bizarre setup i feel like that would probably be a better opportunity for like i don't know an artist alley
1: Oh, yeah, that might, that might have worked out a little better, yeah. Well,
0: because um, then it would be an attraction. It would be something that I wanted to go to, kind of like how in other conventions, like, you know, these large-scale Comic-Cons tend to separate the retailers from the artisans so that they have the big space for the retailers that the retailers need, but they also have a designated space specifically for artisans so that if you were interested in getting um work that was produced by a person that you can physically see in front of you then you could go to the artist alley
1: yeah 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 so you could like travel around the convention more that might be a good idea
0: if i Mm. ran a convention
1: (laughs) if i ran a convention it would be like this yeah
0: Boy, I can be every day. (laughs) You know, it's it's, it's easy to talk a big talk about running a convention, but running a convention it's hard.
1: Yeah, yeah, it can be. Um, so let's see. Um, did you go to any panels this year? Did I go to any panels this year? Um, no, I never.
0: I missed out as well. I feel like I would have enjoyed it, but I didn't ever have the opportunity to look through the program, which is oh yeah, my fault, but
1: right. I like
0: the panels, they're fun.
1: Like like my rule is that like I really don't go to panels anymore unless the topic is very, very interesting to me. Or like
0: or if you're running it.
1: <laughs> or if I would run it, yeah. Or if I went with a group of friends, because I know we went to uh Pac East this year, they had a game night thing where oh. they gave out prizes by playing like uh like price is right kind of game showy stuff and i spent time in there before we had to leave to catch our train back home well me and one other person in our group um yeah that's pretty much my panel rule because i feel like it, it's a it's a giant time commitment and Part of me is like, oh, I could be running around, like, buying more shit or <laughs> or spending time with friends that aren't going to panels. I don't know. That's just my thing.
0: My shameless plug is that my panels are always entertaining because it's 50% information, 50% entertainment. So everyone should, if you ever see a panel, uh, as brought to you by Mink the Seder, please consider going because it is always a rocket's good time.
1: Yeah, I would Even
0: have my R on Rocket. That's how you know it's a good time.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm still kicking myself. I should have stayed. I don't know what made me think that the last train out of New York City to Long Island was at six o'clock. Like
0: <laughs> no. Uh, he's 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 talking about uh New York Comic-Con. I um I did a panel with a group of other cosplayers. Collectively we are referring to ourselves as Trash Fire Productions. Uh, that's myself, rocket props, e-cosplay, and expletives and thread. That's one person's name. Um, we go around to various conventions doing a series of um, of panel presentations. Usually, we do like a cosplay on a budget or a cosplay hacks panel. Those seems to be the ones that are most requested by conventions. So, I think we did cosplay hacks. The night that you would leave early on um, New York Comic Con.
1: Yeah. And I wanted to go, but I looked at the train schedule and I. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, New
0: York City trains are garbage. I, yeah. I love that. But the train schedule is just.
1: It like is the, what it is. Yeah. I mean, I could have left at a much later time, like after your panel ended, but it's like the thing didn't refresh. So my mind was like, what do you mean the last train did at six o'clock? At night? Are you serious? (laughs) So,
0: oops. Oh well. (laughs) Um, so back to Rhode Island.
1: Yeah, back to Rhode Island. Uh, I managed to run into a friend of mine, and we did walk around a bit. Um, I was slightly surprised. I feel like I'm always surprised by the the amount of guests that uh Rhode Island manages to get for like celebrities
0: those concerts very guest heavy Fan Expo Boston is similarly very guest heavy and when I say guest I'm referring to like celebrities
1: yeah yeah it's like there were a couple of cosplayers that I knew that were there but then like getting to like the real big celebrities um...
0: like Elijah Wood was there I think
1: Elijah Wood oh yeah no I think he was there I didn't see him uh, I saw
0: oh I didn't either I don't yeah, ever no. see any of the celebrities, I'm content to simply be in a room with them because I don't have eighty dollars for somebody to sign a piece of paper for me. I just I don't.
1: Yeah. Um Charles Martinet was there. Mm-hmm. Which I mean,
0: this is very topical because of course um uh this is we're recording on the day of the uh Big Birds Puppeteers passing. Uh but he was, was there.
1: I was gonna mention that, yeah. Carol Spinney was there. Um which is interesting. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, actually,
0: so my friend, uh, made a cake for him to celebrate, like, I guess it was 50 years of him puppeting big bird.
1: And this was going to be one, I think for, this con was his last convention appearance period.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it was yeah. a very intimate event. Um, she got to present the cake to him. It was fabulous beautiful sculpture of Big Bird and fondant. Like, absolutely cool. Um, It uh, it was a touching moment for her, and, uh, you know, the world is a little less bright without him in our lives.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize he also did Oscar the Grouch.
0: I uh, was today years old when I found that out.
1: Yeah, because, I mean... I would see his name and his face, and then it would always be next to Big Bird, and I was like, "Oh, so he did the voice yes. slash puppeteer." Yeah, okay, sure. But no, he apparently it was listed oh, wow. that he also did Oscar the Grouch. I was like, "Oh, okay." I am
0: a Oscar forever. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, there were. I think there were a couple of Star Trek guides there. Um, a couple of Power Rangers. Um. Oh
0: yeah, I think I remember seeing that there were a few Power Rangers.
1: Multiple people from Gotham were there. Uh, John Westwick's ship, the 90s Flash, was there. Um, yeah. I was very yeah, tempted...
0: I was woefully unprepared for what celebrities were at this particular convention, but that's okay.
1: Yeah. Um, I was very tempted to get a lot of uh, nerdy-themed uh, items for when i eventually get my own place i held back because uh i really wasn't in the mood to spend more money uh i did run into someone that i met at new york comic con who specialized in doing these insane like dragon drawings cool and i got one i yeah no i met the guy at new york comic con and i got a placemat that i used on my desk like um Like, I put my laptop on top of it. But then... Yeah,
0: I've got a mat like that, too. Mine has MediCarp on it.
1: Yeah. Of
0: course it does. (laughs) Of
1: course it does. But he had new stuff. And I was taking a look at it. I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) This is pretty awesome. So I bought another mat. So now I've got two mats that are on my desk. One is now where I have my laptop on top of. And then the other one's, like, in an area where I guess a keyboard would go. Like, if I had a desktop, which I don't... If I
0: had one! <laughs> if
1: I had one, but why would I need one? Um, And then I decided, you know what? I'll frickin' pledge to your Patreon. Like, your art is pretty incredible, so, like, why not? Yeah. He's a very support nice...
0: Support your favorite artists.
1: Yeah. I, he hooked me with the two pieces that I got, so... um, So, I did get to spend time with you and League of Larcy. Uh, you were both... Dressed as Wooloo, in that's right. And preparation I for
0: some people knew what we were. It, it was it was tough. Um, the actual day of Rhode Island Comic Con is the first weekend in November, but Pokemon Sword and Shield did not come out until the second weekend in November.
1: No, I believe it was oh. the third
0: no sword and shield came out uh
1: the 15th the 15th yeah man yeah but isn't that the third week Oh
0: no that is the third weekend this year
1: the second uh, yeah no the second weekend was when i picked up my switch Lite, which was the pokemon themed switch Lite. Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: you're right you're right i had to pull up a calendar because i was like no that couldn't have been the third weekend oh dang was like, the
1: third weekend
0: <laughs> yikes man well, I mean, the first weekend of November literally just was, like, Rhode Island Comic-Con was, like, the first, second, and third. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so it's a little early for low-key nerds to know fully what we're... A lot of people were like, I don't know what you are, but you're wicked cute, which, please, I'll take that.
1: <laughs> <And> that
0: is <laughs> totally fine by me.
1: Yeah. Mm. And then you wore toothless on another day.
0: Uh, That Sunday uh, was the the Rhode Island Comic Con cosplay contest. So I decided to wear toothless on Sunday rather than on Saturday.
1: Right. That Uh, was a
0: delightful competition. I won't lie, though. Uh, I discovered something that kind of broke my heart a little bit Uh and you will so anytime i go to uh a cosplay contest backstage that's where i meet the cool people like that's where i get to see artists and like talk to them about like what do they do tell them that they're great like this is where stunning and amazing people congregate is backstage the cosplay contest sure But what happens is you get a lot of people who are very talented who feel like they have to enter themselves as novice or the contest rules state that they have to enter themselves as novice if they haven't competed before or if they have not won anything before, which is dumb. Because if you've been making costumes for 20 years, you're not a novice. No. So you see these people with brilliant, beautiful costumes. And you're like, oh my gosh, what division are you in? And they're like, oh, I'm a novice. You know, it just boggles my mind. So that makes me sad that like there are contests that force you to stay down or people who might not feel strongly enough about their own talents to like put them themselves in the category that they actually deserve to be in. Which sure. judges, cosplay judges can move you to a higher category at their own discretion. I've done it loads of times where I've had someone enter as a novice and I'm like, I ain't judging this person as a novice, at least a journeyman, that's the mid-tier. Um, but speaking of journeyman, there are a lot of people who are in the journeyman division who should be in the master's division. And it just makes me so sad that they either don't feel like they uh, can be our masters in their work, which is stupid because their work is beautiful. Right. Or because of these like antiquated convention rules, they're not allowed to be a master's division because they didn't win enough journeyman awards. I don't,
1: so, I yeah, so it's either
0: or... you have to win three or you have to win best in your class. Like, I don't know. All I know is that one year I competed as a novice, another year I competed as a journeyman, and then another year I competed as a master's. That was when I was only doing one competition a year. Hmm. And then once I started competing as a master's, I was like, Well, I guess I'm a master's now. <laughs> Yeah. But when I first started competing, I was told, nope, if you've never competed before, you have to be a novice, even if you aren't. And I was like, well, that's dumb because I think the novice division should be reserved for people who are new to the art of costuming. Yeah. I think that we should be judging their work with that lens, as opposed to someone who's super experienced being in the novice division because it's like, well, they're, you know, they're going to win and make the new people feel like garbage, that they're not as good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, it's either like bullshit convention cosplay contest rules, or the um, participant themselves are very, um, I guess I'll say like low in their confidence that they feel like, you know, something that they think that others think is phenomenal. They're not really that confident. So like, oh. I
0: mean, far too many of my friends are brilliant crafters, but do not consider themselves to be masters. And I think that that's a travesty because they clearly are. Absolutely,
1: and yeah.
0: If they would just compete at the masters level and probably win something, then they would see it for themselves. So it's a lot of it is just like taking the leap and just like jumping in both feet and just saying, "This is what it is now." Right at the end of the day, I loved competing at the Comic-Con, at the Rhode Island Comic-Con um, competition. But the number of people in my division were so few. I think it was something like, there had to be close to 50 people who were competing, like overall.
1: 50 people, and that's a lot. In
0: the Masters division, I think there were only five. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: That's a jump. Yeah. Oh man.
0: It's a very small percentage of the group. There's like a math percentage here. Hmm. And I can tell you right now there were more than 5 master level costumes in that bunch. Just a lot of people either were kept at novice because of convention rules they thought they had to follow. Or they didn't have the confidence to go from journeyman to masters because a lot of it is self-elected. You know, right. No one's like, you, no one went up to me and they were like, oh, you're a master, prove it. You know, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <It's> uh, Self-reported.
1: <laughs> hmm. Was there any um, place where you could, like, express concern to maybe, like, suggest, uh, changes for like future comp cosplay contests
0: i don't think a costume contest can really make a change in this particular case because rhode island comic-con did not to my knowledge have any rules saying if you've never competed you have to be a novice
1: right right okay
0: you self-elected into whatever category at sign up Huh. Um, so, I don't think there was anything the convention could do to get more masters to participate. I think that was just, you know, a function of, for whatever reason, on that particular day, at that particular convention, there were a lot of very talented artists who all believed that they were journeymen. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Sounds like you gotta talk some sense into people. It's like, no, you're talented. Go in this oh direction.
0: My God. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Oh, it always good. sounds like I am trying to like sell somebody something though. I must come off like a used car salesman. Cause I've, I've literally told them like, Hey, heard a rumor. You are going to be in this contest as at least a journeyman. Right. And they're like, no, I went novice. I'm like, I'm going to need you to make a change. <laughs> Cause you're too good.
1: <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. That's
0: stupid. Oh, seriously, like, <laughs> I had I a had conversation with one friend. I was like, "Honey, you're a master. Why are you going as novice?" And she's like, "Well, i I this is like only my second competition." I was like, "Don't care." Nope. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Like, oh man, it was.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: It was okay because as it happened, I was judging that contest, oh. so I I moved her to journeyman. Like, we got her paperwork. We saw her stuff. I turned to the other judges and was like, so she's at least a journeyman. I think I might have lost. No, nope, oh, I'm
1: back. I'm back. Oop. Yeah. I, I, I lost no you for a second. That's all right. That's all right. We're good.
0: Cool. But yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's, that's my little diet about costume contests. It's, it's just like it's such an interesting phenomenon, and I can't put my finger on why it makes me sad to see. But I think it's just like my, my inner self righteousness is like, But you're talented, you should be noticed for your talent.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's something supportive <laughs> friends do, it's so like, hype them up.
0: <laughs> but then I'll go, I like the saddest thing to me, the absolutely saddest thing is when I see two cosplayers backstage and they say, what division are you in? And someone says, not the division, the question, the person who was asking the question is, and they're like, Oh, thank God. Like there's nothing sadder than that because basically what's happening is those two people are, are, are meeting and sizing each other up and deciding, am I competing against this talent?
1: (laughs) Oh, right, right, yeah. Ugh. Oh, boy.
0: Meanwhile, Larcy was like, I'm competing against you, and there's nothing you can do about it, and I was like, hot dog.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, she's definitely the kind of person that would just, like, she'd do what she want.
0: Well, <laughs> she didn't start that way. She was very nervous about competing as a master the first time around, um, but now Uh-oh. I think she oh yeah she's she's really feeling her oath now and she's feeling like really good about it but she had one best in show at i want to say port con 2018 Okay. made her an automatic masters uh, henceforth so she was just like it w- i think this was the first contest we were competing against each other
1: Dun, dun, no, I think for
0: we competed against each other. I, I don't know. Anyway, she was she was being silly about it and I loved it. I loved every minute of it.
1: <laughs> That's good. That's I was good.
0: secretly hoping that she would win because then um we'd use her prize money to buy lemonades. <laughs> Instead, we used my prize money to buy lemonades. Oh no. Oh no, it's all good. I also bought a Victory Toothless plush at the local Build-A-Bear workshop.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I
0: spent seven extra dollars to make it make toothless sounds when you squeeze its paw.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh, of course you did.
0: Shut uh, up, you know you love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then you, being who you are, Miss Bad influenced Pokemon. Plushie. Oh no, What did I
0: do?
1: Well, you made me get a plushie.
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, we saw. So no regrets. I yeah, only bought so, two this time. Yes. Yeah, no. Mink. Mink knew a couple of people that were vendors that specialized in selling Pokemon plushies, and I their mean their vendor
0: name is literally the Awesome Couple.
1: Yeah. Yep. And um, I think at the time. I only had a Blastoise plushie that was... It's a story in itself of how I got that. I'm trying um, to
0: remember who you went home with.
1: I bought Totodile.
0: Oh, that's right!
1: <laughs> because Totodile was best boy.
0: I bought a Spearow because who the hell finds Spearow? Super no common one. in the world. Not common in Pokemon plushies. And I bought an original flavor zigzagoon now that there are two flavors of zigzagoon
1: i almost went with sobble but then i thought to myself wait i commissioned a lovely friend of mine to make me like a sobble-esque uh spirit hood kind of thing so i was like i don't need this i have a spirit hood coming
0: i also also own that sobble um as soon as jamie and jessica the, the awesome couple Got them in stock. I no joke drove to their house in New Hampshire (laughs) so that I could pick up uh, the the starter plush Pokemon because I wanted to be the first like home (sighs) place in town.
1: Have you so like have have you seen like the advertisement from like Pokemon social media of how um I get the Pokemon Center store is getting more plushies based on the new galar pokemon
0: uh really you're gonna ask me if i've heard of that are you kidding i know
1: that's just stupid already like oops
0: trying to i'm like
1: did i'm you like buy, an addict
0: did trying you buy- to like hold myself back because really i just want blue that's one of the five that they've announced surprise space that they did not announce that they've got a yamper because they need to have a yamper. Oh I will god, not I
1: have a until yamper.
0: I have both of these things, but I will be okay if I at least get my sheepy girl.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wulu would announce. Uh, Corvenite would announce. Oh my god. Which if like
0: they... okay, but it's not it's... yamper. I want my stupid cord.
1: Yeah, I'm like, oh man. If they make a Bolton plushie, oh, give me, give uh, me. Awesome
0: beautiful, beautiful flipping design
1: yeah i know that was slight tangent like i mean we're both on a pokemon sword and shield high um i mean i just recently beat the game yeah i I cleared it in a week because i'm insane and then i'm pretty much done for now in terms of getting pokemon that i like but like there were certain po like um as you'll read in my review like i was i was crying to happiness at some of the designs that like thank god i didn't get spoiled on like I didn't realize that Corbinite was like the quote unquote like um standard like three-tiered bird Pokemon that every yeah, generation really? I was Wait, like how
0: did you figure that? What? You didn't just like assume?
1: No, I thought that was like a high-level bird that you get eventually, but then I saw Rookidee, oh, no. and then it leveled into Corbisquire. I was like, no way. <laughs> it See, makes I'm sense. Kidding.
0: For me, the shock was that they were going to front load on Wooloo, like, right away. Because I, I thought for sure, as soon as, like, the internet fell in love with this beautiful little sheep, that they were going to be like, yeah, but you can't get it until, like, Route 10. By the way, this is obviously an old school reference to, like, Pokemon Red and Blue, where, like, you couldn't, like, all the best Pokemon were on Route 10. It's like you could get, like, you know, Rapidash on Route 10, and you get an Eevee on Route 10, but it was, like, one of the later routes on the game, and you're like, thanks.
1: Yeah. And then, like, I got spoiled on, um, Nickit and feeble but I took one look at it, like, oh my god, I want you. But then, like, I knew about Yamper. I didn't realize he evolved, and then he evolved, and I took one look at Bolden, like, oh, my heart.
0: Uh-huh i getting spoilers left and right. Left and right. <laughs> so I was like, "Give me them spoilers."
1: Yeah, I was also I very. Yeah, I was also very amazed at like the unique, um evolved conditions for some of the Pokemon, specifically with Farfetch'd how you had to get three critical hits in a row, or not in a row, in one battle. him to evolve so it's like oh interesting
0: oh yeah 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 yeah. it's like yeah no I I don't have I mean I do have both games but I am currently playing shield so that is a mystery to me although it's not because I've been watching like let's plays and all kinds of YouTube videos oh yeah uh, soothe my savage soul
1: right Right. It
0: <laughs> I'm a garbage human who only can get my thrill Pokemon and cosplay.
1: Yeah, I guess it didn't really hit me that like um the mystery gift uh Meowth that's a Gigantamax uh he can't evolve.
0: No, none of the Gigantamaxes can. That's why it BS that my Eevee mystery gift thing can't evolve. I was like, right. great, I catch one in the wild, but it's fine because you can get um, Eevee really, really quickly. It's like on route three.
1: Right, right.
0: And now that I have a Tito, all I have to do is just like pop an Eevee. I actually just breed my um, Gigantamax Eevee because its offspring can evolve. So I'm just like, oh, but I want a Flareon. Okay. Yeah,
1: you could, you could find them in the wild area too, as I've discovered.
0: Uh, what, uh, Flareon? Yeah, I heard I heard that, but I'm only at the third gym because I'm grinding like a fiend. Oh, so, so you're, I, gonna gonna like, you're gonna be
1: like you're gonna be you're gonna be overleveled. Like,
0: <laughs> oh, I know I'm overleveled. My Pokemon are all like I have an entire party that's in their mid-50s. <laughs> oh, it's bad. I also have a Pokedex of like I don't know, uh 175 because I've just like I'm going through every Pokemon that I've caught and just evolving them. Right. So, you know, that means I've got, like, I've got a Chandelure, which means I took a a Litwick and I leveled it up to level 40. (laughs) Because, you know, that's what you do when all of your enemies are, like, level 30. (laughs) You just grind, 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 grind
1: yeah like all my all my pokemon now are like in their 60s or somewhere upwards into the 80s it's this is like the most fun i've had leveling up
0: i enjoy i enjoy the game deeply there are some people who are like it's the same thing but a different color and i'm like yeah and also you know so i appreciate that they basically have like a breath of the wild theme open world area because that makes me happy that brings me joy also, I like how many cool sparkles there are that I can pick cool stuff up from because that means my inventory is always full.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love the clothing options. Mm. Oh my gosh. So, yes, Apple Code it-
0: Nothing, we should probably start talking about the thing that we set out to talk about.
1: <laughs> sure. So, just to wrap up uh, Rhode Island Comic Con, yeah, <laughs> I, I find it to be only good to go at least a day if I know like a bunch of friends of mine that are going to go and I just yeah, hang I had, out with them.
0: I had a lovely time with my friends. I had a lovely time consuming some of the media that was there. Um, I had a nice time. I was, I was just a guest. I didn't do a panel and I wasn't um, going as a guest. So it was literally just me being a convention goer. And that was oddly relaxing.
1: Right. Okay. So, on to the somewhat ish main-ish topic. um, Convention safety, if you're in a cosplay. Um, I don't want to just count that uh, male cosplayers don't get harassed. Uh, They do. It's just not widely reported because, I mean... As a society, why would a man it it's it's like stupid society rules like why would you why would a guy be creeped out if a girl was all touchy feely on him? Wouldn't that be awesome? Girl, and, like, girl. Yeah. But, but just,
0: sometimes it is. I mean, regardless of your gender, conventions draw out a variety of people who have variety of interpretations of what is socially acceptable. Right. Sometimes these people who are just close talkers and that can in itself put people on the defensive because close talking kind of breaks into your personal comfort zone. Um, yeah. And that can put people on high alert and that can make you think like, Oh geez, this person is creeping on me. Um, when we're talking about convention safety, we're not necessarily referring to those sorts of inadvertent moments of awkwardness we're referring to moments where your safety and sense of personal well-being is compromised yeah you're
1: at risk you're you're in some sort of danger that you really shouldn't be in at a freaking convention
0: well the Um, hard thing is that we are all trained to be polite and nice to strangers. Right. Even when a stranger has crossed your personal boundaries, we are trained to say things like, excuse me, or pardon me, or no thank you, as opposed to, stop, this is not okay, or I feel uncomfortable. And that's something that is taking me, I'm not saying has taken me because I'm still working on it so I'm going to use the present progressive, that is something that is taking me a while to get comfortable with in and of itself is the idea that if I can't predict who is going to make me feel uncomfortable then I can at least prepare myself for what I can say or do should I be put in a situation like that. Right. So, you know, I'm going to assume that every cosplayer at some point is going to meet some person who in some way is going to make them feel uncomfortable. It might be something they say. It might be something they do. It might be the way they comport themselves or how they look at you. But there is going to be a time when you are in cosplay at a convention where you are going to feel uncomfortable, and there are some things that you can do to keep yourself from becoming a victim or keep yourself from feeling victimized.
1: Right, right. So, I mean, I came up with a couple of things, little bullet points here on my little note sheet. Um,
0: Ooh, lay it on, and I'll add on as as a
1: yeah. As a, <laughs> Um, so I guess just how to handle quote unquote creeps in general. Um, you could try to be again, like you said, like we're all trained to be polite and nice to strangers, but just try to be firm. Like I know I you said, like, it's something that you're working on, like just trying to again, things like this is uncomfortable. Stop. Um, this isn't a good idea, stuff like that. Um mainly other notes I have here are um traveling with your friends, like being in yeah. a group. Um, that also helps. Um let me see here.
0: And kind of as a an add on to that, some people don't want to travel with a friend or they want to feel like I know I sometimes want to just go off and do my own thing without tying somebody down. Like if I want to go to a particular booth and my friend is enjoying the booth that they're at, I don't want to say like, well, you have to move now because I am going to this booth. It's also helpful to just have a person who's at the convention, who knows where you are and knows a place that, and a specific time you intend to meet up right because then at least if you are not present there that can be cause for a friend to be like i'm gonna check in on that so if you're not traveling with somebody having someone to check in on or check in with is uh, a helpful backup
1: yeah or like having like designated meetup spots if possible like setting up at certain times, meet up at this place just to do a little check-in. Um, I know one common theme, one common thing I've just heard in general, um, just when talking about, um, how do I put this? Like, like females supporting each other. Like some females will write down or share like, like, hey, like if you ever... If you're ever like being creeped on by someone and like we're near each other, you could just give me a look and I'll know. And that they basically like two strange two females that are strangers will just like actively just start acting like they've known each other for years as a way to like help, I guess, escape the awkward slash uncomfortable situation.
0: It doesn't take much to adopt somebody. Into your comfort. Um, I was at a convention where a girl had attracted the attention of a middle-aged man.
1: Uh-oh. Who
0: we were, we were in a competition together, and she wound up spending time in the competition green room with us because this guy had just been outside following her and tried to follow her into the competition green room. She's like, no, I'm, this is, this is competitors only. Like, I'm sorry. And then just like hung out with us. So we didn't know this girl very well. We had only met earlier that day, but when she's like, guys, I just need to hang out in here. We were like, of course, like, let's contact convention security. Like, you know, let's, play some some calm music, feel better, we'll, we'll tell some jokes, like we'll make, we made a safe space for this girl because she was having a hard time figuring out what to do without over-escalating a situation. Because that's something I think we all as humans fear is being that one problem person who made something out of nothing. But when it comes to convention safety, It's never I made something out of nothing. I've had my own personal experiences where I've had somebody who would not take no for an answer, would not leave me alone, um, be my personal problem, where I made it very clear that I wished to be left alone. But this individual couldn't do that, whether he willfully chose not to or was unable to kind of control his own impulses anyone's guess but one thing that I found comfort in is that when my friends urged me to speak to convention security their first reaction wasn't like well did you tell them to stop they were like alright we're going to keep some eyes on you you know thank you for they. I gave them a description of the person and they were responsive they helped me feel safe at the convention because that is what the security team at a convention is supposed to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's very and good it, that they didn't do like you said, the typical, like, well, did you tell them to stop? That's very good.
0: Right. I mean, that's something that as a teacher, I will say to my students, if they have some, you know, they go up to me and be like, Dad, I told I was a baby. I'm like, well, are you a baby? No did you tell them that you do not like when they call you that no let's start with there but that's something that i'm te- i'm teaching a child to respond to as opposed to here where i'm seeking the advice of somebody who could protect me like that's not a teachable moment that's an i'm scared and i need help
1: right right um I guess, uh, best travel methods in crowds. Um.
0: Hmm. I I'm mean, all this... for traveling in crowds when it is applicable, when, when you are able to. And then, um, I think the other thing to do is to just be aware of what your own personal boundaries are. Because right. if you are a convention blind and you don't have in your head what's acceptable versus what is unacceptable. It's going to be hard to um, it's going to be hard to figure out on the fly when that line has been crossed, especially if it's someone who you met at this convention and you've become kind of like convention friends for the day. If that person crosses your comfort zone if they go from friendly to vaguely threatening or negging because you can also have emotional lines that are crossed. That's where it's important for you to know where your own boundaries are.
1: Right. Exactly. And
0: that's true not just for, for people you've just met but for friends as well because I've had plenty of friends who as I've gotten to know them, they've gotten to know there are certain things that I don't like. Prime example, because I teach children and I teach children uh, with special needs. Uh, I do not like it when my friends use the R word. Because they usually use, like, my friends usually would use it as a pejorative. Um, kind of like how people use to call other people gay as an insult. Like, it's like it's like that to me. It's like, wow, that's right. inappropriate. Right, right. So, that's something that, you know, I've had friends, I still do have friends who use that word, and I'm like, hey, maybe, like, that brings me to my uncomfort. That makes me feel uncomfortable. Let's stop. Yeah. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't impinge on my safety, but there are some times where jokes impinge on my safety, especially when there are jokes that are made at my expense or made to make me feel less than my best or less than unequal to the person I'm speaking with. Yeah. Like, I can make self-deprecating humor about myself, (laughs) but if you make self-deprecating humor about me, then it's not really funny. You're just teasing me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it happened to almost everybody.
0: Right, so I mean, truthfully... The conversation that we're having while geared toward cosplay truly is a navigating any public space like PSA, yeah. Because, yeah, any public space, but it's a good idea to travel in groups or have somebody who knows where you are and can you can check in on, or they yeah. can check in on
1: for sure. Um, just thinking. I guess when you're seeing um, cosplayers as guests and like you want to take a photo with them, um, just be respectful of how you're posing with them, are or, or like where you put your hands on them. Like generally, I know in my case, I've usually been fine with like putting like my hand either over their waist or. Um, their shoulder totally fine because I mean I've known some of these girls for years and You
0: know what works really well no matter how little or much you know someone? Oh what? Uh just asking is it okay if I
1: Oh yeah that too. No, no, completely like, agree. Like yeah.
0: checking with somebody from the from the get go is the, like, I have friends who I have known for a decade who will still ask if it is okay if they put their arm around me when we pose for a photo. And I love every time because on Wednesday, maybe it is okay, but on Friday, it isn't. Like, sure, that yeah, is beautiful. I live for that. Um. Or like, and that's true also of like, if you're taking someone's photo, actually a hilarious moment of photo etiquette. Uh, My friends and I have adopted this philosophy that we implement. If we see someone who has a camera who's trying to take a photo but is not asking for permission, we don't post. We just like go about our business and sometimes we'll just look away if they ask, "Can I get your photo?" they get great poses. And so this this happens all the time where um, someone will be trying to sneak a photo, which is weird because if they just ask, I will pose. Oh yeah. Photo. Um, so someone tries to sneak a photo, <laughs> and like we give them garbage. Like it's just like we don't even stop walking. But then another person's like, "Excuse me, can I get your photo?" And then we're like, oh, yeah, hang on a second. Then we do these, like, gray and grandiose poses where we pull out props that we had hidden. And, like, we do these great poses. And then there's that person who snuck the photo, like, does a double take, comes back, and then they ask, oh, can I get a photo too? And they're like, absolutely. Thank you for asking.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I hate to say it, but, like, that's, that's how you train folks. Yeah, no. Picture. You got to
1: you gotta ask.
0: Yeah, consent, yo! It,
1: it's just more polite. Yeah, I definitely have been um more prone to asking. Again, like, even the ones that I've known for a long time now, just to double-check, I don't want to accidentally overstep a boundary. And it's been helpful. Like, I know they appreciate it, and whatnot. Oh,
0: of yes. course. Um, and I find, honestly, the people... Who have a problem with asking? The people who don't ask are not people you want to associate with anyway. I've been, I've been in a place where someone took my photo without asking, and a friend of mine confronted them. They were like, "That's not okay. You need to ask permission. Like, that's a person. Like, you, you're disrespecting her. Like, like, don't you even want to know her name?" He was like, "No, I just wanted a picture. Bye." And, oh, like, watch any person who responds to that kind of like light slap on the wrist with defensiveness rather than humility, it's not a person I necessarily need in my life.
1: No, no, not at all.
0: But um, if I had gone up to him and said like, I'm going to need to delete that, he'd be like, he'd be like, what the, what? <laughs> you know, like,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh uh, i guess just make sure that you keep your props um it will like like no there's
0: no make sure you keep here if you see someone who is trying to grab your prop you pull it away and say you can ask me to touch it
1: oh yeah same same rule applies yeah
0: oh my Good God. I've had people grab for things that they think that they can touch just because it's in my hands and they want to see. They're like, oh, my God, I really love your bow, they say as their hands are reaching towards it. And I pull it away and I'm like, oh, thank you. Did you want to touch it? Like, I'll call them out. I'll be like, oh, did you want to touch it? And they were like, "Uh, yeah. And I was like, "Okay, here are the places that you can touch it because the rest of it's a little delicate. And then I'll yeah. always hold control of my own prop. Yeah. If I know that my prop is unbreakable, then I will relinquish control of my prop. But if I'm not even, like if there is a bit of me that thinks that this prop might be damaged in some way, I will not hand it off. I'll be like, here leans it towards you. You can see it, but I won't relinquish control. Because if that prop breaks, the person who's responsible for it won't know how to fix it. I will not be in a position to fix it, and the person who's responsible for breaking it has all the right in the world to just disappear into the crowd. And, and yep. it's not their problem, but it is my problem.
1: Now it is. Yeah. Uh, right. Just-
0: and then I've, I've spent many a convention brooding about like, oh, I can't believe this prop broke, and I have no idea how to fix it at this convention. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, no, been there. Been there, done that. Yeah, for real. Mainly in in cases where, like, I didn't know that, like, um, my prop didn't meet, like, the safety standards. So I basically went to a con as Nightwing where I couldn't bring the uh, sticks that I had made, which were out of wood, because I guess they were too hard. So that really bummed me out and then prompted uh, me to, it prompted me to buy uh foam weapons that nightwing used just so that like I'm like future proofed to um not have that happen again <laughs> um
0: that, that just i guess really comes down to double check before you enter on what the the rules um the rules for props are
1: yeah uh any other last minute tips that are coming to your mind or do you think we covered Uh, a good chunk
0: but i think that if anybody listening has any additional um things that they want to add they should absolutely write in um and give suggestions uh what's a good place to write into
1: um Good place to write in new first suggestions. Uh you can oh, you could email my Facebook page for the show. Uh Cosplay Bite. Go
0: ahead, plug it, plug it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting that I have a Facebook page for the show. I never plug I it. Remember
0: that B-Y-T-E-S.
1: <laughs> yeah. Any other suggestions or topics? To help keep the show lively. Uh, you can message them to me. On my Facebook page. Which is Cosplay Bites. That's actually got to be the more. Um, proficient way to do it. Instead of just me blasting out my email. Because. Uh. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, I know. The other thing that I wanted to do. An episode would make on and i mean we could implement like the whole teacher technique uh segment into it but um definitely stay tuned for a uh, budgeting for a cosplay episode because i definitely want to try to get that in there but i think unless we got nothing else to say that the good spot to end it on
0: sounds great as always um Anyone out there listening? Please, I encourage you to come follow me on social media. That's Mink the Sailor on pretty much everything except for Snapchat and TikTok. Those, those are pretty.
1: <laughs> yep. And then I've got the Lightning Palace blog, uh, my free to view Patreon. But if you become a patron, I can give you some little goodies. Uh, the Cosplay Bites Facebook page, and then wherever the heck uh you want to listen to the show um yeah so thanks so much for listening and we